0: Not to be nostalgic at the bring of a new year, but a common theme I've noticed in my talks with various guests in the past year was their passion for what they do, whether it's art, acting, empowering women, or cleaning. So regardless of what social pressure dictates, it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you do it with passion and integrity. Obviously, you're probably muttering, but do you really? (music) Hi everyone, I'm Ratka and you're listening to the Authenticity Project Podcast. In my next talk with Katie Schulist, I learned a new perspective on cleaning and a new way to run a company. Katie is an owner of Diana Cleaning and built her business around her own personal values, which are tightly intertwined with the pride she takes in offering cleaning services to her clients, but also with the way she promotes her employees' wellness and professional development. Quite rare, right? Something many organizations can actually learn from. I'm sure all of us working for enormous corporations can't help but wonder why they haven't figured out yet that employees are actually the cornerstones of the company, not the profit. But before jumping in, I'm introducing a new segment called Common Nonsense. To paraphrase Voltaire, common sense is not so common, and we see it more and more these days than ever before. In my case, it was arguing with a commercial mover in our building who refused to wear a mask in common areas, reasoning that he's a mover and so he doesn't need to wear one. As if he had a special superhero mover gene making him invincible and protected from COVID. Got a story of common nonsense you'd like to share? And leave me a message on Instagram or Facebook. But now listen to my talk with Katie Shulist. Katie, welcome to The Authenticity Project. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. The topic for today is entrepreneurship. And since you have your own cleaning business, I want to learn more about it. But first of all, what got you into it in the first place?
1: Yeah, so I've always been entrepreneurial. In university, I was always starting businesses. I had started an artist collective and we were putting on shows and uh, while it was really purposeful for me, we, we weren't really making much money. Uh, so after university, uh, the artist collective disbanded and I got a job in marketing. And it, even in that job, I was always pitching ideas to my boss. And he would say things like, you know, that's not really what I hired you for. Get back to get back to your your real work. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to branch out on my own and at the time, I thought, you know, what do I love doing? And, and cleaning just it kept on coming up for me. And no one, no one was really doing green cleaning. So I thought, okay, that could be my niche. That could be my in into the market. So, so that's where I started. The missed
0: opportunity on your manager's end, for sure. That's the worst thing you can say to your employee that it's not, you know, that's not the job I hired you to do. Yeah, totally. So why cleaning? Why is that
1: important to you? Yeah. So for me, way back then, it was, it was just the outcome. It was just the feeling of a clean, fresh space. I I just, I loved putting the work in and then feeling that feeling afterwards.
0: I know that you mentioned, Mm. it's sort of like a meditation to you.
1: Yeah. So fast forward to when I finally started to hire my team, those are the values that, that our, our team and our culture are centered around. And, and I like to approach this in two separate ways because uh, while the outcome is similar in what you can learn by approaching cleaning through this practice of meditation, it, it's often different depending on if you're cleaning your your own home versus cleaning professionally. I think the, the outcome is the same when you, approach, when you approach cleaning with an open mind. And I think the outcome is increased self-awareness. But the way to get there is different different depending on if you're cleaning professionally or your own home. So what it looks like when you're cleaning professionally is in society, as I'm sure you're aware, um, cleaner is is disrespected. There's not much respect in the profession. It's, it's, you know, way, way down in, in society. And so often cleaners can take that on internally. And so when you show up to clean a home, You you want to be invisible and and you you want to be cloaked almost um, in that invisibility. And there's a lot of shame. So we like to kind of bust that myth. And and we teach our team that the job doesn't define you. It's how you define the job. And when you show up in that way, magic can happen. Magic can happen in the way that you clean the space, how you connect with your clients. But it's not easy. It's not easy. And so the learning happens In the beginning um, especially in the beginning where your ego is confronted and so what I mean is you know your ego can be telling you I'm better than this why am I cleaning up after someone else if the client's home let's say they're on the couch you could say to yourself why aren't they cleaning their house why are they so lazy Mm -hmm. you know all of these ego ego up responses and so we teach our team how to confront those because they're not reality they're not the truth they're just negative stories that we're telling ourselves so when we go deep into that, we learn about self-awareness, we learn about truth, and we're better able to connect with the client and the home that we're cleaning. And there's, there's a lot of challenges when you approach professional cleaning in that way, but it's, it's so rewarding. It's so unbelievably rewarding. And also, when you approach it that way, you're developing grit and resilience and a, and a growth mindset. The flip side of that is when you approach cleaning with an open mind, wanting self-awareness, when you're cleaning your own home, And so a lot of people, you know, they they hate cleaning. And so if you kind of go deep into that and ask yourself, why do I hate cleaning? And what can I do to make it more joyful? What can I do to make it more enjoyable? And I think there's a a few different things that you can do. So the first one is starting small, setting, setting a timer between one and five minutes and just doing a small task. You know, that could be the dishes or cleaning up the bathroom, something small. And then, and then um, you can step back and see the benefits of your work. And that has an immediate impact. Um, Another approach would be setting your intention. So being okay with the bad feelings that are coming up while you're cleaning, and just focusing on why, why am I doing this? It could be you really want to feel the benefits of a clean home, you know, a clean organized space can be energizing, it can cause you to focus and be more productive. It just has that beneficial feelings. So focusing on that, setting your intention around that and working through those difficult feelings. Another way is to set set a ritual. So burning some incense, putting on a podcast, maybe some music that you like, involving your five senses, making a ritual out of it, focusing right into the moment is another way to make it more enjoyable.
0: You know what? I don't think you're in a business of cleaning. I think you're in a business of redefining cleaning.
1: Yeah, it's about wellness, not only for our clients, but for our cleaners as well.
0: Yeah, and I know that values are very important to you yourself as well as your company. It's all founded around mm-hmm. them. Um, and yeah. you also want to promote values among your employees. Uh, you want to show that you care. So can you... Sp- speak about that a little bit more specifically what does it
1: mean yeah yeah so the values of our company were really developed from my own experience cleaning houses myself before I even hired anyone so in the beginning um, I started out by you know testing the waters cleaning homes myself and at the time I just graduated university and a lot of my friends, you know, they were, they were starting their first jobs and then they were buying their first home and, you know, getting married and I would be at parties and, and, you know, the conversation would come around to, well, what are you, what are you doing? And I was the cleaning lady. And I just, I developed over time, a lot of shame, deep, deep shame around that, even though I loved what I was doing. And so one day I was just, you know, overcome with anxiety at the end of the day, that I wasn't enough. I wasn't being enough. It was, it was a terrible feeling. And I had a book on Buddhism. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to head down to the water. I'm going to read this book and I'm just going to try to calm down. And I remember that that day, it, it was a life changing day for me because everything that I was reading related to what I was learning and cleaning. And I thought, okay, this is what I want to teach others. This is what I want other people to feel and experience. So what, so what I had learned was um mindfulness, loving kindness, critical thinking and a growth mindset, uh, servant leadership, humility, integrity, non-judgment. And so those are the values that we operate our our company on and and what we really strive for our cleaners to to embody.
0: How is that reflected uh, on your employees?
1: So we meet regularly as a team to talk about our experiences. So usually we have, you know, really good food and, and some drinks and um, uh, we make it a, a really meaningful experience, but we go deep. We, we ask if there's anyone that wants to share about their experience and then and then we go deep into it because I think we could have a company culture book, a guidebook, whatnot, but it's in experiencing and then talking about our experiences where that's where we have the real impact. Um, I can give you an example. One of our cleaners who was really optimistic. She was always upbeat. She was always, you know, open to self-development and discovery. And she came um, back to the office one day and she she shared with us her experience. And she, she was in such a negative headspace. And she had said that um, one of our regular clients, she showed up and, and usually this home was in a really bad state, but this time it just was a disaster. There was stuff everywhere. It was just, it was really hard, hard to manage. And she, it threw her off and, and made her resentful of the client because the story she was telling herself was, oh, they did this because they knew I was coming and um, they have no respect for me. How dare they? This is disgusting. I am just so challenged right now and I can't believe they did this to me. And it just threw her off. And at the end of the clean, the client came home. It was it was the husband and he confided in her that, hey, I'm really sorry. I know the house is in disarray, but my wife divorced me two days ago and I'm sorry. I just, we had a big fight. That's why stuff's everywhere. And I'm just really sorry. And like even telling the story, I get emotional because mm. this cleaner, it changed her worldview. She said, I can't believe how convinced I was of my story that they had done this because of me. They knew I was coming and it was disrespectful. It wasn't, that wasn't, that story wasn't true. And so when we ask our cleaners to share in that way, that's where the re- real learning happens. So, so that's, that's one way we teach the values. Another way is through something we call um, a one-three-one, and and what that is is the one first one represents the challenge, the three represents three potential solutions, and the final one is um, their chosen solution, and and we ask the cleaners to come at us with this mentality instead of just presenting problems, and and in this way it teaches them um, how to critically think, how to critically think through challenges. And and the reason why this is important is because our our working environment is very, very different. It's an uncontrolled workspace. And what I mean is we're going from office space to Airbnb to another residential. And those are spaces that we can't always control. So what that means is there's a lot of, of challenges that come up. And we have to, we have to rely on the cleaners to solve those challenges in the moment. That's why it's really important for them to develop this growth mindset, this critical thinking in the moment. And so, and so another way that we teach our values is what we call our AAP. And, and that deals with how we give feedback and feedback. It's. It, I mean, receiving feedback is always challenging, but in cleaning, it can feel particularly, not hurtful, but personal, because you know, you've know you given it your all, you've cleaned two or three houses in a day, you're exhausted, but you know, you've know you done it with love and a care and attention, and the next day you get feedback and the client has said something like, oh, you, know, you missed a hair in the sink, hmm. and the, the client's not, not happy, right? And, and you can feel, it can feel so awful because you could say to yourself, I busted my, my butt <laughs> cleaning yeah. your, your entire house. And, and the only thing that you now see is that one hair and you don't see everything else. So, that so feedback, it's very, very, it was very, very in the, in the beginning, difficult to not take personally, but when we teach through the AAP, it's a way to depersonalize and to learn and grow from the feedback. So we give an AP when the same consistent feedback is, is coming up on a regular basis. And so what it stands for is an accountability action plan. And so first we say, okay, well, well that, that hair in the bathtub, you know, hair in the sink, whatever it is, it seems to keep happening. And, you know, while it feels personal, it's reality. And people make mistakes, so let's choose to learn from it. So we do something called a 5-why analysis. And so we ask uh, why five times to get to the root of, of why it's happening, and then we ask the cleaner, "Okay, you're responsible for for putting your own action plan into place regarding how to ensure this doesn't happen again. And it's your responsibility to follow your action plan. And then we ask them, if if you don't follow your action plan, what are the consequences that we can hold you accountable to? And so in that way, they're choosing to learn and grow from the feedback. It's empowering them to learn and grow from the feedback.
0: I know that. Growth is very important to you. You mentioned to me the very first time we connected that you also take very seriously growth of your employees. So if someone is mm-hmm. not happy with being a cleaner, what's sort of the next step in their career for them at your company?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. So there's two options, and it really depends on if if they would like to continue learning and growing with us, or if they would like to move on. And and if they would like to move on, you know what? That's that's fine. I mean, not everyone is meant to be a cleaner and not everyone is meant to approach cleaning in this way. But we do have opportunities within the business to to get involved as well. We do have something that we've implemented called our Rise and Shine program. So the cleaner would um, approach the program wanting to take more on more responsibility. So it starts off with becoming a deep, clean, certified trainer, and then a general trainer, and once you move up the ladder, then you can start taking on more projects. So at that point, if you also want to become more involved in the company, you can. And you can take on a project that's based around your strengths. And so our, our leadership team right now, we've got an office manager and an HR manager, and they both are working in the office and, and running the business. And they started out as cleaners.
0: That's a tremendous success story, by the way. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it doesn't come without its challenges, for sure. Yeah. But um, but I, I wouldn't do it any other way. I, I I absolutely love this business, and I and I love running it this way.
0: And are you still growing?
1: We are. Yes, we are. I mean, back in March and April, we we definitely took a hit. But in June, up until today, we've we've started to grow grow back consistently.
0: How did you adapt your business to? Survive and thrive in these really special circumstances that we are experiencing during this pandemic.
1: Yeah. So we kept in constant contact with our clients. We checked in with phone calls and emails asking, How can we better support? Where are you at? How are you feeling? I think that really, really helped maintain that relationship. We also tightened up the service that we were offering in that we, we started to focus more so on not just hygienic cleaning, but cosmetic cleaning. So what cosmetic cleaning is, is cleaning for um, the appearance of the room, not just the health of the room, not just removing dirt, but doing um, little organizational touches throughout the room because studies have actually shown that when your home is clean, but also organized, it impacts your well-being, your mental health, your productivity, your focus. So um, so we taught our, our cleaners what we call moments of magic. So things like um, making the bed properly, how to organize, how to, you know, fold the toilet paper in a certain way, the paper towel, just making sure that the, the room feels organized.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you think your business is different from others?
1: Mm, I think it's our focus on the ethical treatment and care for our cleaners. I think that, that is really unusual within the cleaning industry. A lot of cleaning companies don't pay a living wage. They don't offer professional development opportunities. They don't offer much respect. So, so I think in that way, we are, we are different.
0: And in terms mm-hmm. of business, business ethics, uh, just to piggyback on that, what do you think mm-hmm. companies, and it doesn't have to be necessarily with, within your industry, but what do you think companies usually lack and what they should, what they should improve in terms of business ethics?
1: I think, well, I think, I think it's it's cliche, but it's it's very true. Is is taking care of your team, showing your team respect, offering them um, decent wages, opportunities to learn and grow, and within that culture, I think it's really, really important to get the balance of challenging and supporting. Right, you don't want to swing in either way, because if if you're too challenging or you're too supportive the culture can become toxic. So I think you wanna find that middle path, that middle way where you're balancing both being challenging and supportive, which is which is not easy, <laughs> it's not easy.
0: No, you, I, I have to agree, it's, it's not. I work in the financial services industry and mm-hmm. I think some of these companies could definitely learn a lesson from from the way you run your business because like you said, people actually matter. People are the most important. Business owners or senior executives, they sometimes forget what it's about.
1: Well, well I, think, I, I think it's because there's, there's, there are so many demands with running a business or managing a team that when you have to add that third element of caring about your people, it's an investment of money and time. And mm-hmm. so it's really, really hard. But the payoffs are beautiful. The payoffs are i mean I think that that 's why business exists is to have an impact not only through the products or services that you offer but how you offer them who who is offering them your employees so having both an impact on your clients but also the people delivering the service is is a purposeful business it's it, it's a way for us to connect
0: What is the most significant thing you've learned since starting your own business
1: yeah there's been, there's been so many lessons <laughs> i think I think there's two major significant lessons for me in the beginning before I hired anyone I thought that I had to have everything perfect I had to have the perfect systems in place I had to have the perfect business model and business plan written out so what that looked like for me was I would clean you know two or three houses a day and then come home and stay up till 3 a.m. writing everything out making sure that it was perfect researching everything but I one day I had a mentor I used to clean her house and, and she sat me down and she said listen you have to move on. You have to hire your first employee or you have to just stop doing this because you have a big vision and it's not about perfection. It's about action. And she, she was so right because that day I went home and it felt like someone had punched me in the stomach. And I, and I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. And I hired my next employee the week after that. And the lesson from that was, you know what? I don't have to have everything perfect because every, you know, standard operating procedure that I had written, it had, it was wrong or it, it was off in some way. And I only knew that by my experience of hiring and actually going through the process. Mm-hmm. So I think the lesson is you don't have to have everything perfect. It, you know, you have to be mindful of getting it right, but just going out there and testing it. And then along the way, iterating and pivoting, but, but by taking action, that's where the learning happens. The second biggest lesson is around how I, I was choosing to show up as a leader. So I think it's really, really important to show up as your authentic self. And I think it's important to show up being vulnerable. And I know, I know that is a very controversial thing amongst um, managers and entrepreneurs. But my experience has been when you are honest, when you're your real self, people respect you i mean it's it's so hard to put on a mask every day and pretend that you you every day you've got it all together and you're this leader that's indestructible but no you know for sure you have to be mindful of what you share with your team but you've got to share your your humanity and um covid-19 has really really challenged me to to show that side of myself and I can think of a a time when I did do that, and with my leadership team, it really it caused us to connect in such a human way.
0: I couldn't agree more on the authenticity bit, well, hence the name of my podcast, the authenticity project I wonder if, and I don't know how to put it delicately i wonder I wonder if the willingness to show vulnerability or humanity, as you called it, is somewhat. More typical for female leaders
1: it uh, that 's true, but to be honest i I have met um other female entrepreneurs and leaders who who say, "No way, never show your weak side, like no, your team is going to take advantage of you yeah, uh-huh. so i think I think it 's a prevalent mindset for sure, for sure it's and and I understand where it's come it 's coming from I understand but and 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 I do think there are some personality types that would take advantage and 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 I've 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 seen it but mm. but I've seen but on the flip side of it I've seen the connection that can happen and just seeing how my team can relate to me and and trust me more when I'm when I'm open and and we're and, all human
0: <laughs> yeah and at the end of the day you feel better about your job and your leadership style as well
1: because... yeah exactly
0: what would be your advice to someone who would love to go a similar path like you become an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. So for me, I just decided to jump in and just just do it. Just start cleaning um, to experience what it felt like to clean, to clean someone else's home. And then at the same time, I decided to work for a few other cleaning companies. I worked for a few franchises, I worked for some independent cleaners to see what the employee experience was like, to see how they ran their businesses, to see what their standard operating procedures were. So it, in that way, I was able to to see how the op- business operated and then also experience what it was like to be a cleaner and be, a, be an employee. So I think, I think it's important to, to, to start slow, to start with um, getting the experience, connecting with other entrepreneurs, and then once once you're more confident, then um, then that's when you can take the steps and and decide to grow your business. But I think getting that experience up front is really really important.
0: So it's the research part that you would recommend doing. Yeah,
1: first. yeah, yeah. But then but also balancing that per- perfection piece too.
0: Mm. Like you said, you can't achieve perfection, and you just change nope. things along the way.
1: Yeah, because you, you you don't have the answers in the beginning so the only way to get answers is through experience and then you have to be really really good at moving quickly and and implementing what you're learning as you're going it's okay to make make a mistake but a mistake becomes a failure in the absence of learning and so like don't don't try to hide your mistake learn from it you know it, it's it's we're all human we're going to make mistakes but you need to learn from it
0: wise words
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: katie it was an absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast thank you so much for being here
1: oh thank you so much radka i i so appreciate being here
0: that's it for today thank you for listening to the authenticity project podcast and don't forget to check out my instagram or facebook and until next time do what makes you happy easy enough right